how amazing, Julian. We are, for the first time in months, out of the park. That's true, Alan. A bit of uh, a change of scenery. It's good sometimes. That is true. And it's nice to be uh, out of the cold and the rain for a while. Uh, and uh, let's be honest about it, to be a little bit warmer, which is a lovely thing. So how have you been since we last recorded the podcast and we were a bit cold, as I remember when we did that episode? Yeah, it was like uh, a tough one. Definitely one of the tough ones. But I've been lucky over the last year. It's uh, I can count on uh, only one hand the, uh, the time I really struggled outside. So, you know, it was not that terrible. But yeah, last time was quite tough for us. That is true. And uh, this month, uh, we're going to be covering a topic that might be very true to your heart, Julian, which is power and strength. And you've done an interview which uh, is going to look into those issues a little bit. So, as we're all nice and warm, shall we uh, get started? Let's do it, Ellen. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Two Guys on Fitness, the podcast for anybody interested in the gym, living a healthy lifestyle, or keeping an eye on their diet. You're listening to me, Alan Teresa. I'm not much of a fitness guy, though I do know somebody who is, which is this personal trainer sitting next to me, Julian Berthrat. Hello, everyone. He's a man of few words, a lot of action, but a uh, few words. So let me ask you, Julian, uh, before we uh, get into this particular episode, which is all about strength and fitness, of course, the gyms have reopened. How is that working out for you? Because you're now back in the lovely warmth of the gym. Yeah, it's been quite uh, simple. You know, you get back into your, your routine. I've been building a uh, different routine over the last the past few years. So, yeah, quite simply went uh, nice and, uh, and quiet. I did work quite a lot uh, the past year in uh, outdoor, and so do my clients. And I, um, yeah, I sort of enjoy it, you know, like uh, this new trend of scenery and uh, the fresh air of the outdoor was um, uh, a real plus for me and my clients. So it's okay, I can I can provide a good session outside and um, yeah, and I'm confident for myself too. Wonderful. So uh, this uh, episode of the podcast, uh, which is coming all the way from London, England, is all about power and strength, Julie. So what do we mean when we talk about power and strength in fitness terms? Well, power is defined as a combination of speed and force, while strength generally focuses on force. Power is more dynamic as it covers the capability of quickly producing force. Mm, sounds a bit complicated to me. Anyway, you have uh, been uh, talking to somebody uh, about these general principles uh, this month. Who uh, were you talking to uh, about uh, how power and strength relates to fitness? This month, I had an interview with Mesut Olkas, a personal trainer, specialized in yeah power and strength and also functional training. Well, there you go. And uh, we're going to be listening to that interview a little bit later. And then we're going to be talking about uh, what functional training actually means, because I didn't know what it meant, to be honest with you, until I listened to that interview and uh, how it relates, obviously, to power and strength. So should we get the podcast started? Yes, please, Alan. This month, our interview, Mesut Olkaz, 
is a personal trainer specializing in strength and power and also functional training. Let's uh, hear what you have to say about it. Hi everybody, so I'm with Mesut. Hi Mesut, how are you? Hello there. So tell me more about you, your type of training, where you come from. Right, I, my name is Mesut. I am a sports therapist. I'm a biomechanics coach. Uh, I'm a personal trainer. Um, yes. Uh, just uh, when did you come to London? When did oh, you arrive in London? Okay, I'm a millennium, uh, 2000, August 2000. So it's over 20 years. Yeah. And you did start working straight away into fitness or? No, no, no. I've been always into fitness, but uh, no, I, uh, I've been a qualified personal trainer last uh, about maybe eight years, eight to 10, I would say. So you, you've been personal trainer for 10 years. So how did you get started as a personal trainer? Can you tell me, uh, you know, the first few weeks, a couple of years, you know, when you start? Okay, so that was the time I was doing a research of changing the, I mean, research of which sports I'm going to be doing. And then I got introduced with CrossFit and I had a big injury. So I was a bit naive at that time and I had a lower back injury. And then that took me about six months, eight months to get back to normal. And then I start actually, uh, ironically, I actually did the injury through deadlift and fixed my back through deadlift. And that's this history of yours regarding the training probably uh, drive you later on as to the functional training as you mentioned you know the yes. your the details you put into the exercise that you the technique you require from your client to perform an exercise come maybe come even more from this former injury yes yes uh, at the time i was a sports therapist as well in the gym then and then that was the time that not many people were actually doing weightlifting So, but each each person was coming into my treatment room. They were suffering with their backs, and with their back problems. But then I was actually observing those people. They really not actually using the basics or sitting and standing, which they spent the whole their lives and uh, sitting in front of a desk. But their bodies and adapted adapts in a different way. So they don't really do the functional work, which is sitting and sitting standing properly or lifting stuff from the floor. So I thought maybe I can teach these people to lift properly or sit and stand properly. So yeah, that will prevent their injuries. I like to say to people when they have an injury, it might be a good opportunity to now focus on good form. Because if you never enjoy yourself, you sort of, you know, uh, you never learn anything. But when you have an injury, it kind of is sort of a Put, you put yourself together to not get back to of to enjoy yourself. Yes, yes. You learn, uh, you learn to have to control your body and then just learn how to rehab it. Basically, how to fix yourself. The first of all, you do know how to fix yourself, and that's that experience allows you to fix other people or is actually helping them to live their lives with like without an injury. And that's why I will recommend warmly Mesut because I think. This background, you know, this when you explain you see injury, that's a guarantee that he went through it himself. So he won't let you go as a client through this injury because he's gonna do his best to prevent that from his own expense. And that's why 
your expertise is important and interesting. Yeah. How did you get started training for yourself? Uh, I was actually in Turkey and I was probably 18 years old. Yeah, which was like, uh, wow, that's uh, 26 years ago. No, 20, yeah, 25 years ago. <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah <laughs> before starting training in a in a gym yes. do you any sports any anything that was the only sports i've done sport. yeah okay. that was the only, only sports that i was i started going to the gym how was your first experience you know in a gym let's say uh very basic i guess and uh that was in turkey i was very naive i didn't know what i was doing i was just pumping my chest problem bicep i guess yeah <laughs> yeah i think there's a As a, every, every newbie, when they go to the gym, I think we go through the same process, which is that like we do silly things. And, uh, yes. But, yes. Um, so before we get to the nerve of the world, which is your type of training, okay, how was your training changed over the years? Like, have you changed the, the way you train over the last 10 years? Obviously, yes. I started as going to the gym and I arrived in London. I started going to the gym. In the beginning, I was still like pumping my chest most of the time and then doing biceps and uh, triceps, I guess. Um, but with time, I start using like more machines, more back, more, more other areas like shoulders and abdominals, but I've been always um, uh, neglecting the leg exercises and I was actually not doing the, the basics of like doing squats and deadlifts. Up until I was qualified as a sports therapist, then I start uh, appreciating those exercises, which I uh, just as a, how do you say that? How would you say like uh, you have to treat the body as body as whole? not individual body parts. So then I started uh, doing some weightlifting, which is squats and deadlifts and leg exercises, basically. From a business point of view, what is your type of training you provide for your client? A functional training. Functional trainings, basically the things we normally do in our daily lives, which is sitting down and getting up and throwing things and running and carrying stuff. Um, we all normally do in our the daily lives, we really are not aware of doing it. So, and I teach people how to do this with the right technique. So, which is like squats, lifting stuff from the floor, which is a deadlift or throwing stuff and running. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I will back you up with the functional. I like the idea of functional. Yes. For me, the training is a bit similar to yours. It has to be functional, you know, to make your body work properly. Um, about the weight, what is your relation with the weight? I mean, are you into bodybuilding I'm or powerlifting? Would you make a difference in between? Yeah, bodybuilding, yes, I don't focus. Bodybuilding is just like focusing on individual parts and... Uh, I used to do body bodybuilding. It's like you know the 12, the focusing on individual body parts is like 12, like three reps. Sorry, uh, I forgot already about it. It's like a three sets and 10 to 12 reps. Uh, I don't do them anymore. So I do. I just go one uh, one max rep, for example. So you move from bodybuilding to? I was actually I was bored. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, but I, was, <laughs> I asked because you we've been I've been like you have been training people for 10, 12 years, and so myself, like you do for yourself, and I think you kind of evolved, you know, over a decade of training, yes. and you go through different sort of training, and uh, so after bodybuilding, where? Uh, what sort of training you were doing for right. yourself and then for your clients? 
Yes, uh, I was bored actually. I was uh, researching about what sport I would like to do, because except going to the gym and pushing uh, weights in the machines. And I got introduced by CrossFit and it took my attention immediately. So for people who listen to us, what is CrossFit about? Uh, <laughs> CrossFit, uh, it's a combination of like a few different sports uh, gathered together. It's like a weightlifting, Olympic lifting. Um, weightlifting means just powerlifting and calisthenics and gymnastics, for example. So there's all combining of all different exercises being putting together is like literally is nothing new on CrossFit. It's quite it's more demanding than bodybuilding, I guess. It's like it take really all over your your body. It, it require more attention, maybe, or is it more cardio as well? So just combining of all these sports like being put together. That's why sometimes people find it very very difficult because it requires strength and flexibility. What are your goals now? Are you doing CrossFit at the moment? Uh, I don't really literally do the CrossFit, but uh, uh, I do uh, Olympic lifting techniques. Uh, I, I teach take some of the techniques, yes, and then I do some of the CrossFit exercises I do, but I don't do CrossFit routines. I run, I, I, I write my own program for myself. So, What are you trying to achieve now after... after training yourself for let's say a decade what are you present goal my present goal okay well um i got literally take uh, lately i got qualified as a teacher so my goal is to teach um olympic lifting and biomechanics uh, intrinsic biomechanics and i'll be teaching some uh, massage techniques That's yeah. my goal. I'll be teaching. Probably I will, I will have um, academy. It's um, pretty impressive your qualification. I have to say, you've been through a lot of qualification, and uh, you definitely love to work uh, with details with your client, and uh, so it's quite appealing. What about your diet? Do you follow any diet at the moment? <laughs> uh, I don't abuse it. But I normally eat anything I like, and then I like carbs. I really love carbs. I love bread. Well, I'm French. I won't. I obviously back you up. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks. Yeah, French baguette is my favorite. I have to say. Um, no, I don't abuse it uh, because I do a lot of cardio. That's uh, probably uh, um, compensates it. But as you get older, obviously you have to be watching your figures more, especially as a, as a from the professional point of view. You have to really looking after yourself. Trying to get to know you more again. Um, how many, how regularly are you training yourself? I try to train sometimes every day, but normally like five to six days a week. Okay. You say every day. How long is your training? Depends. It depends on my mood. To be honest, sometimes half an hour, sometimes two hours. So to the question about diet and your training, I do notice you say basically. Is that fair enough to say you listen to your gut when it comes to how long do you want to train, what you're gonna eat? I yeah, just like on, on when I train, I always listen to my my body. I don't really push myself too hard. If I feel pain and worse, if I feel fatigue, I don't push it further because I know that would lead to an injury. Um, and 
eating. Uh, yes, if I don't train on that day, I try to eat less. So, I, I, it's no, I, I thank you for that because I think it's a uh, from a trainer, it's important to say to people they always uh, ask you a lot of questions about diet, client, you know. And I think sometimes the answer is uh, sometimes listen to yourself, bring some common sense. As you say, if you don't train, well, it's likely you are going to eat less, you know, to match your lack of activity or something like that. No? So what is the biggest lesson you have learned over the years? I think what I could say is uh, the lockdown, through the, throughout the lockdown, uh, we don't really have to rely on the gyms to train. So I miss gyms, first of all, going into the having an equipment and having bars to be able to use. But also, I don't think I'm ever going to stop going to the park to train, parks to train. So which is it makes it makes a difference. So that's that was the, the big in the front, from a fitness point of view. I think the outdoor training is the one of the biggest things I learned. I will say the same as well here. It's uh, we all client and trainer learn over the past year how to train without the gym obviously and what have you learned i would say before the lockdown like uh, during the, your first eight nine years of personal trainer what is you the outcome for you just be humble um i think there's always something new to learn that's what i would say so back to your type of training you know um what should every lifter be aware of and avoid from your point of view? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> As we said just earlier, sometimes ego takes over, but we should learn to listen to the body. That's what I would say. But if you really want me to say further, is like work on the techniques with low weights. There's nothing wrong with doing lower weights and the focus on the techniques. Um, and yeah, just listen to your body. It's a nice, um, it's a nice thing to say because uh, I think you might agree here with me. When you're a trainer, you should put at ease your client when it comes to weight and lift a little weight. It's not a big deal. You just increase the number of repetition, I guess. But it really, I find it really help people to feel like they are capable. They feel capable because the last thing you want to feel while on your gym floor is to not be capable of doing something. Yes. Also, so. this improves the endurance, isn't it? It's like when you actually don't push you very, very heavy, um, just stick the weight that you feel comfortable with. It actually improve your endurance, like low rep, sorry, low weight, uh, high reps. So that that's equal to endurance. So to finish, I would like to ask you a question. I uh, I'm waiting to. I'm looking for your answer. What if? What is your advice to somebody who would like to become personal trainer? Only do it if you're passionate about it, and try not to teach anything that you don't do. So if you're not if you're not training for yourself, and there is no point training it to training training the other people. I will use a, a French metaphor here. I will say like it's like if you're a chef in a cuisine, you know. I think like if you don't like food, well, don't be a chef because you need you gonna you yeah. have to taste the food and all that. Exactly. And the same for the training. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So thank you for for this interview, and I um, I hope to see you soon on the gym floor. Thank you, Julian.
So that's Julian there talking to Mazou Dorcas, who is a personal trainer himself, who specializes in functional training uh, and also has something of a sports therapist background. And uh, Masood also has a bit of a thing, <laughs> I noticed in the interview, of a division between the top and the bottom half of the body training. So just to go back to the theme, power and strength and functional training, did you understand what functional training was before you spoke to Masood? Well, he basically, I mean, we were talking about the same thing. He simply, let's say, he went further into the research for his personal training with his client. And I realized when he talked about it, I, uh, well, we were eating the same way, which is just to get back into the definition is functional fitness exercise, train your muscle to work together and prepare them for daily tasks by stimulating common movement you might do at home at work or in sport. So for example, a squat is a functional exercise because it trains the muscle used when you rise up and down from rise up and down from a chair or pick up low objects. So it's basically about uh, training built around the actions that the body does during a typical day then and about strengthening and reinforcing those actions? Yes, that's right, Alan. Yeah, I have to say, talking with Mesut, it was, uh, it just like confirmed, convinced me even more about the way I was training people because yeah, it's about functionality to be efficient, you know, on a daily basis. What are your tasks uh, most of every day, you know, which is to get up, obviously, feel like that, or to walk, to, I think it's very important to train, when you train efficiently, it has to be, sometimes training efficiently means to do the right things. Sometimes to train efficiently means to do simple things, but in a perfect uh, form, you know. And functional training does bring that on the table, you know. Simple things, but execute uh, with the right intensity and the right technique. So is functional training what you do with your clients? Is it based around the similar principles, even if you don't use that term? Yeah, I did realize that. I mean, uh, with Mezut, we did talk a bit further about the definition and the meaning of that. And uh, actually realized I was doing pretty much that sort of training. Uh, the squat for me is one of uh, the main exercises I propose to, to myself and for the client, obviously, because it does make sense. It feels good. We walk on our legs and not on our hands. So there is no point to overwork, for example, during your workout, your shoulders on your chest. And it's a common mistake when you see people the way they build themselves on the gym floor, a lot of people get this cliche body type, which is upper body well-developed and skinny legs. And it's, I think it's, it's a huge mistake, but not like only for aesthetic, because I don't think it's necessarily a good-looking way to, to build up your, your body. But also physiologically, we walk on our legs. I mean, it's, you know, your glute muscle are essential. One of the most important muscles uh, on your body. So that would suggest to me that you do a lot of work. Uh, just to go back to something that Masood says in the interview, which is about the division between training the top and the bottom of the body. You do a lot of training then, it sounds like, of the bottom part of the body. But how does that go down with the people you train? Because for a lot of people in the gym, legs day is, let's be honest about it, something of a nightmare. Yeah, I understand that. It's, uh, it's, um, I think it's, uh, I should thank, uh, I was lucky to 
start to I will thank my parents yeah because they put me in a rugby school uh when I was six years old and you know the, you it, it it seems to be a simple uh remark but you know you have to run everywhere on the pitch when you do sport like rugby of course there is a contact and tackle aspect of it but you have to run everywhere if you don't run you don't get the ball if you don't run the other are going to pass you and score and you will be useless on the pitch and i think it's sometimes when you go in a gym i think that one of the main things people forget is there is no running part you have to go in a treadmill you know to to run otherwise you can spend the whole workout just walking and lifting and it's a huge mistake because it remove one of the main factor uh of uh, an efficient workout which is intensity you know some because you work your strength that the training is intense it's just like you build up your strength you know but the intensity will bring the power into it because without this intensity well imagine just a simple uh, example if you go you feel strong but you walk into a tackle can you imagine you get destroyed by the guy who will come to you in sprinting to you and it's all about this intensity that will bring the power from that uh, point of view i will always recommend little jump exercise on a box you know it shows that if you got strong legs or not because it's one thing to do leg extension with a seated static exercise another thing is to be able to jump into a box because they show the power you have on your legs but in aesthetic terms uh, the cliche is that nobody actually can see your legs if you for example do weights in the gym whereas what they can see if you walk into a bar or a social event if you can imagine such a thing in the present kind of climate they're going to see your upper body and that's what the market if i can put it like that demands so do you meet that resistance for people do they say to you oh you know i want bigger arms bigger chest bigger shoulders whatever it might be yeah it is but i think the way i market myself it's also i want to give uh, all around picture and uh, when i try myself in a gym i make sure uh, one things i like from a marketing point of view uh, even if i don't necessarily do it only for that purpose but for example i love to do a 5k you know for example it took me 20 22 minutes on a treadmill with a good speed i love to take a minute maximum to recover and to get on the gym floor with doing some exercise i i think it's powerful to show the people like you need a little recovery from your cardio or from any exercise in order to keep going i think for me one of the cliche of somebody who only go to the gym and never been outside doing any sport is like the time you take between sets it's just for me the killer you know it's just like when when you take so long 5 minutes between sets i mean it's just it it remove the spice you know of uh of it so but that's from a sportman point of view you know and indeed uh, julian has uh, been giving me something of a uh, telling off uh, ladies and gentlemen recently uh, because i was having a conversation with him telling him that i've been doing more weights though also more legs ironically uh, and he has been chastising me uh, for neglecting uh, strength and explosive power over aesthetics so i do understand where he is coming from in a nagging sort of way 
So what was your uh, what was your take out from the interview that you did with Mazoud? What was the thing that struck you and that you walked away with? Something I, I did share and I from this interview and I did uh, really value from uh, Mazoud. It's uh, it was explaining, for example, he injured himself when he starts going to the gym for himself, even before working as a trainer. And I think like he. As he explained very well, it says that this injury basically uh, gets him into like the wheel of wanting to know more about the technique and all that in order to not injure himself again. And I think it's, I find it very appealing because it's, uh, it's how you build up your career, you build up your career for your own history. And when I was listening to Mizuz, I was like, this is the value of Mizuz. It's he does bring into his training with his client his own history. And I think it's a, it's a real value. I think it's a real value and uh, he's in two details. And, and I would expect that from a trainer if I was looking for a trainer. Uh, you, the trainer need to bring a plus to your training. And he have a good knowledge, a great knowledge. And he, he really concerned that he want to share that knowledge to you, not like him talking like a monologue and you just listening and maybe not understanding what he's saying. He was really trying to put you on board with him. And that's uh, a great value for a trainer. That is certainly true. And we just want to uh, say a big thank you uh, to Mazout for taking the time to uh, talk to uh, Julian. And let's be honest about this educate him a little bit in certain things uh, and if you want to find out more about him and the services he offers in terms of functional training and also as a sports therapist you can check out his website which is mazootulcast.co.uk and i think we'll also put the details on our website uh if you want to get hold of him he's a great guy and uh he's also very very focused in what he does Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Gym Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the earth of London West End? Then visit Jubilee Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join online for £53 a month, and there is no need for a minimum term contract when joining. Or you can use the gym on a day pass basis. Find out more at jubileolgym.co.uk or telephone 020-78-364007 to work out at Jubileol Gym, Covent Garden. And now it is time for... Julian's Fitness Tip of the Month. So tell me, uh, personal trainer guy who's learned a lot about functional training recently, what is your fitness tip of the month this month now that we're out of the park and in the warm indoors? Alan, have you ever tried variation of squat? I have, and in fact, I do various squats as part of my current training program. Well, it is a little combo of different squat variation, okay? So, we get, for example, we start with a normal squat, you know, your feet parallel, spread your legs, and I insist on your feet parallel, okay? So, you can do 10 reps on this, okay? And then, you just like put your legs together, stand straight up and then move to the side. So I will call this one 
a side squat okay so you're squatting on one leg okay um and then you can do 10 reps with that the third one could be you back to squat position but now you spread your legs a little bit and more importantly you turn your ankle wide okay and you're gonna perform now what we call a power squat in order to target a little bit more your adductor so this is the third one 10 reps as well and the last one back to the straight up position your legs stay together feet parallel and now you're gonna go now squat okay and you get down slowly all the position down for two three seconds and get up slowly again 10 reps in order to target a bit more your quadriceps when you hold the position down and your glute of course and back of legs when you get up and that's quite a killer one for legs and glutes you know these four exercises so a normal squat with your feet parallel the side squat so i resume four exercises the squat normal squat with your feet parallel with your legs let's say open uh, like a shoulders uh, large open then the second one will be the side squat squatting on one leg the third one is a power squat legs wide ankle open to target abductor and the fourth one is a now squat so you squat with your legs together and you go all the position done a little bit two three seconds so there you go and if you are interested in uh doing uh, squat variations then uh, there's a couple of them for you which means that for this month that was Julian's fitness tip of the month now each month on the podcast as regular listeners will be aware we take questions and queries from people getting contact with us and we love it uh, when you do that we take a couple of those questions and we do our best to answer them. Do we not? Julian Bertharat, functional training inspired personal trainer. We do. We do indeed. And um, if you do want to uh, get in touch, everybody, you can do so through our website, twoguysonfitness.com or through his website, julianbertharat.com. Or you can contact us through our social media, our Facebook, our Instagram, or our Twitter. And we do indeed love it when you get in touch. So let's uh, have a look at the questions. And I prepared them this month, which is a, a wonderful thing. Sometimes we have a bit of a conversation about them. But um, I took the reins, uh, which meant the decision on which questions to go with was uh, remarkably efficient this month, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to begin with the first question, which is from Greg in London, who has contacted us through the website twoguysonfitness.com to ask the following question. My name is Greg and I am 35. My question is, how did your body shape change during lockdown? I was running, then gave that up. Oh, I sympathize, uh, Greg. Uh, I bought a rowing machine for the garage, then started running again. Oh, I kind of regret the remark I just made now. Anyway, I was nervous about returning to the gym. Funnily enough, uh, I don't think you're the only one in that regard. So, um, how has your body shape uh, changed during the, let's be honest about it, apparently never-ending lockdown, Julian? And was it a shock when you got back to the gym and uh, started out again with your proper fitness program? Thank you for your question, Greg. And so, I mean, personally, I was doing um, some running, a bit more running like that. Maybe slightly more consistently, but uh, yeah, no rowing. I didn't buy a machine. By the way, it's a very good idea, Greg, to buy a rowing machine. It's very complex rowing. So well done to you. 
No, don't don't worry when you come back to the gym. There's no point to be worried. Uh, if you have time before the gym reopen, I will say try to do some squat and bodyweight exercise for you know simple press up, pull ups if you can do it. Just to uh, check your your fitness level regarding this sort of exercise. When you go back to the gym, I mean just sort of common sense. Just drop the weight compared to the weight you used to lift before the lockdown. Go for longer reps, maybe you know, like, and uh, give yourself a couple of weeks to don't overdo it. Just proceed step by step, you know, like get back into your routine, do a couple of full body training, see how your body reacts, and then after, when you feel confident and ready, you will be able to increase the chart on the bar, you know. So, but don't worry. I think it's um. It's all been a it's been a challenging year, especially the first lockdown. But I think since then, the last six months, people uh, we all learn how to deal with it a bit better. I think. And has the change in routine been a shock for you? No, I think I'm adaptable about that. So he certainly is something uh, similar to a dadball. Anyway, and uh, you've got the next question, Julian. So I hope that's helpful for you, Greg. Uh, you know, will uh, you continue to use the rowing machine in the garage or are you going to put boxes on it? Uh, let us know in a couple of months' time. And uh, what question have you got there, Julian, in your sweaty palm? Yeah, I've got a question from Alex in New York. Oh, sorry, no. In York from England who contacted us through Facebook with a question as follows. Are there different workouts better suit for different age? I like weights. I'm interested in bulking up and shredding in my 20s. Can you exercise the same weight, the same level of intensity when the same result, regardless of age? And what is the upper limit? Oh, a super aging question. I love it. Well, Alex, thank you for this interesting question. It's, uh, well, when you're younger, obviously in your 20s, you can support uh, heavier charge. You know, your body is young, fresh full of energy you can recover quickly so you can actually you know lift more i've been there myself and uh, i remember very well when i was in my 20s um i was like lifting more than i'm lifting now however i in gr- uh, getting older i did not really give up that much on the weight i dropped the weight here or there for some exercise for the squat for example i keep a distant weight like close to when I was younger because it's one of my favorite exercises, as you might know. Um, no, when you get older, to be to answer a bit more straight to the point, when you get older, you should train the same way when you were in your 20s, for example. The only thing you need to add when you get older is to make sure you always add coordination and flexibility exercise. Because when you get older, that these kind of things, you start to lose a little bit. Plus, when you get even older, I would say when we all know we are losing muscle mass. It doesn't mean you have to give up, it's just a fighting process. And But definitely, when you get older, when you come to training, you should not cool down the training. It's a huge mistake because it will just, if you cool down, it will just accelerate the fact you are getting older. So yeah, and when you get older also, just be more neat, if I can say, when you train efficient, spend an hour, but efficiently on the gym floor, not two or three. When you are younger, again, maybe that's you got more time. Maybe you can spend two or three in the gym, chatting, training, chatting again. When you get older, you know that time is more precious and you learn how to do things 
efficiently. But can you uh, uh, prevent the loss of uh, muscle mass and tone, which is obviously the thing that a lot of people encounter as they get older, they lose their mass. Is there a way to prevent that happening or can you just kind of slow down and control the process? Well, it's actually a very interesting topic because we all want to live a little bit longer and with a certain quality of life, you know. I don't think there is, I mean, realistically, there is not really a process to not lose your muscle mass. When you get older, you get older. But I think, like, it's a good question because if I was talking to someone who is 20, 30, I will start uh, enlightening people about the importance to build up a strong routine about their well-being early on in their in their life because this routine the earlier you get into it it's easier to keep it on and that's all the never the world here is to keep it on so that the never the world here it's all about keep it on routine in life and when it comes to training is certainly true so yeah i've been training in a certain way um for the last for the past 15 years I mean, gym-wise, and uh, and this, I have no intention to stop, and I'm talking about the next 20, 30, 40 years on forward. So I think it's very important to create a routine demanding and doable at the same time. That is uh, certainly true. Well, Alex, I hope that was helpful for you as well, uh, and um, it encourages you to uh, move forward with your training. And remember, everybody, if you do want to get in touch and you've got some questions uh, that you'd like answered, you can do so through our website or through his website. No, Julian, you can't say that name again. Or through our social media. And uh, we love it when you get in touch and we have a chance to reach out. I believe the contemporary phrase is reach out and help people. So there you go, Julian. We're back in the lovely warmth of the uh, indoors and away from the freezing cold and the wind outside, which I just want to emphasize, everybody, if you've been listening for the past few months while we have been freezing our little fingers and toes off outside, waiting for the gyms to reopen, you will be fully aware how we have suffered for our art. And uh, what's it like for you to be away from the park? Well, I will I will not leaving the park uh, entirely because I know that a few of my clients want to remain outside. Um, yeah, there is two sort of uh, clients who do outdoors. There is the one who never done the gym uh, ever, so they like they remain outdoor, and there are the people who used to do the gym and sort of like the fresh air, let's say. Uh, of the outdoor and also the elastic band resistance training which you know it's a a good way of training as well yourself and um, but yeah I will certainly not miss the rain and the snow yeah neither will I that was a a unique period of time when we were out there with the ducks uh, and uh, the rain and the snow at times uh, though I think unique when I talk in those terms I'm being a little bit polite so there you go everybody hope you have enjoyed us being back in the lovely warmth indoors uh, and that you have uh, enjoyed the episode as well 
If you want to get in touch, feel free. I told you how to do so earlier. And remember, you can listen to the podcast on all of the major podcast platforms. Uh, there's a long list of those. Uh, I gave up long ago uh, listing them out because it took forever. And while you do so, remember to enjoy your workout. Mm-hmm.